0: Are you
1: listening? Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and you are tuned in to the Black Married and Debt-Free Podcast. My wife, Shire, and I were able to eliminate six figures worth of debt, and we're all about empowering others to do the same. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about investing, real estate, early retirement, marriage, and much more. But you don't have to worry. It won't be done in the same boring format that you're used to. We're going to put a little bit of swag on it. So enjoy today's episode. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife. Shira. And we are excited to be bringing to you all another podcast episode. This is one of the last couple podcasts of 2020, and boy, has it been a doozy. Has it been a year, huh, Oh,
0: my goodness. I don't even know where to start.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I know a topic that I know our listeners are going to love because the statistics and the analytics show you guys love when we talk about real estate, so we're going to talk about real estate and some statistics that are pretty staggering, you know? One of which being, and one we're going to highlight today, is the discrepancy in home ownership uh, with African Americans and, and our and our counterparts or our other cultures, right? So, Shire, let's start with this statistic here. 44% of black families own their home compared to 73% of other families. Let's just say that.
0: It wasn't other families. <laughs> it's white families. And if I can just be brutally honest... Come
1: on, Shire. This is what we want.
0: I don't like comparison statistics. It gets under my skin. Tell me why. It's in every... In like, every report, every study that's looking at black families, it's always this comparison, you know, to white families.
1: Tell me why, Shire. We talked about this off air. Let's be real in front of the people. Let's
0: well, I am being real. I don't... I don't like it. Let's just... I Let's... Let's focus on us and how we can build us up. And I don't, how is it helpful?
1: Well Now me and Shire argue about this often because I feel there needs to be a healthy dose of comparison so you know where you are in the game. If you can't, if you can, only comparing it yourself to yourself, how will you know when you're being successful or not?
0: I'll, I'll tell you because it's this white standard, right? It's, okay. you know, whether it's Finances, or beauty or, I mean, anything.
1: Okay, I like that. I like you know,
0: so, but let's just take this stat for what it is. And I like that later in our conversation, we're going to be sharing some of the responses that we received from those of you who follow us on Instagram. And yes. so we're going to highlight um, some of the comments because we did share the statistics um with you all yes. those of you who follow us on instagram and if you're not following us you need to be following us you okay need so <laughs> to follow
1: us what are you doing but anyway so let's let, let's kind of unpack this a little bit more so 45 of black families own their homes so that you
0: said 44
1: 40 44 excuse me so that means of the of all the black families 100 percent pie of black families only 44 percent so less than half of those individuals own their home, then the rest are renting or I guess this accounts probably for homelessness or different things, but only 44 percent, so less than half of black families own their home, where 73 percent of white families are owning their home. So that poses a question that I want to we're going to not answer, but we're going to pose right now is, is this a mindset issue? Is there a knowledge gap? Is there something? Is that the reason or is it an income issue? Is it lack of funds, lack of money, lack of job, uh, you know, jobs, joblessness, or is it a discriminatory issue? Is it uh, we, we have gone in depth. If you uh, check out episode 80, I went in depth into some of the discriminatory practices that African-Americans have faced uh, in the real estate game, one of which being redlining uh, during Jim Crow. We still see appraisal. A discrepancy, shire. Oh
0: yeah, you saw that one story um, on the news where um, an interracial a, couple, an interracial couple, had their home appraised. It came back at it a little bit, a lot lower than what they thought, and simply by um, changing some names around, mm-hmm. changing the photos in their house, mm-hmm. the appraisal came back. I think it was over a hundred thousand dollars more. Um, so we know that that is a real and prevalent thing.
1: Yeah, loan discrepancies as well. So is that an issue? So is which one of those three do we feel is contributing to this statistic? Shara, I'm going to let you dig on some other interesting facts and then we're going to
0: yeah. answer those questions later. Yeah, I mean, so definitely look forward to discussing yeah. some of the three options. And I don't think, clearly, that's not an exhaustive list. Right. Um, but one of the things that I find striking was about um, black millennials yes. and that you know there are approximately 11 million black millennials and so that's um, between the ages of 24 and 39 and so that actually represents approximately 22% of the black population and really a lot of millennials are really at the point in their life where they are um, considering home ownership uh, many folks um, at that this phase of life are starting families if they're choosing to do so. And then the other interesting fact that we found was that Freddie May did a study and they found that nearly 3 million black Americans meet the criteria to qualify for a mortgage. So you have a group of uh, black folks who would qualify for a mortgage if they would actually put in the application. And so it's like, well, what is preventing um, these folks, in ta- what's preventing them from taking the next step to actually going through that pre-approval process and, well, and really and really starting, you know, to look for a home.
1: Well, let's pause there, Shara, and let's really unpack that. So, for us, think let's take back. Now we've purchased, we've been involved in five home transactions. Uh, has it been five or has it been four? It's been, it's been, four. been five, four. I think
0: it's been four. All
1: right, let's do it. So we bought one home. Our, condo
0: it hasn't been it's been four sold the
1: condo so that's two (laughs) transactions right we bought the home we live in now that's three and then we bought two rentals so that's five five different
0: I say four he says five
1: okay well go back to the first one what what was some of the trepidation that we had before we put in I mean before we uh, started the process on buying our first home. I'm, I'm trying to think back. Like,
0: well, I can t- say that we did not overthink. We were super yeah. young. Like, we bought a condo in our 20s. We did not have analysis paralysis. We didn't have any children. We were yeah. pretty carefree at that point. And we used our tax return mm-hmm. um, as a down payment. You know, for our for the condo that we purchased. So,
1: were we naive?
0: Of course, we were naive. We made some mistakes. I mean, even in even in talking about it, the person that was acting as our real estate agent, like she literally only took us to to houses and condos in like the not so good parts the of town. Hood. Yeah, the hood. And you know, it's only now looking back that we we see a lot of things that you know probably should have been done differently. She literally only took us to a certain part of town. All of the houses were literally within a mile of each other. Like There was very little effort. There were some mistakes. Mis- mistakes were made. Yeah. Let's just say that. Side
1: note, even when we put in for to view homes in better areas, those were mysteriously always just gobbled up. Oh, yeah. Somebody just got that
0: one. That's what she would tell us. I that remember not, that.
1: Not, yeah, that one's off the market now.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Exactly.
1: But anyway, okay. back to it. So, so, Shire, so there was a blessing in our naivete. Uh, I think that a lot of times, the, and, and you know what? This speaks to that statistic on millennials, Okay. Bear, bear with me. Millennials are a generation that we want knowledge. Because I said so does not work with the millennial generation, right? We want to know why. Well, why this? Well, why that? Let me dig. We love knowledge. And I think to a certain degree, that could be hindering us in the home purchasing because it, it takes some close your eyes and just go you know I think there's a lot of analysis paralysis with the millennial group and Shara's shaking her head she doesn't agree I don't agree but but, but, but I agree
0: well well, the reason why I was shaking my head is because a lot of people say the opposite they say because black families don't have the financial literacy that's preventing them so Mm -hmm. I mean it could be what you described as analysis paralysis and I think I'm gonna wanting you, to know too much. No, I don't know enough so no, I can't do I it. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing too much. But okay. I but to your point, I think now millennials have a lot of things to think about that maybe generations before Too
1: smart for their own good?
0: Sweetie. Like like um like 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 student loan debt. Got you. Okay, so I don't neither of our parents had student loan debt. Right. I think you're your feel like your dad said that he got to go to community college for free yeah. and it's great that that's actually starting to happen now in certain areas right. but now there's student loan debt um, if you have kids and now we just looked at the cost of the average cost of a home yeah do you remember what that what that was the
1: average cost of a home is first of all it's up 15 percent uh, during 2020 yes and the average cost of a home is now three hundred and twenty thousand dollars dollars
0: and some change and some change (laughs) and some change (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's not cheap What up y'all, it's your boy Kevin on stage And I want to tell you about Black Married and Debt Free Okay, they're a couple that paid off $110,000 in debt in 2017 And now they want to educate and inspire millennial couples to do the same So what I want y'all to do is subscribe to their page Go on YouTube, go on Instagram and get the following going At Black Married Debt Free, it's everywhere, alright So if y'all don't want to be broke no more You want to be debt free and victory Then go follow them Google them, look them up And see what they talking about Because don't nobody want to be broke You feel me?
0: You know, the rising house cost. So even if you qualify for a loan, I mean, you need to make sure that it works within your budget. Right. And that you. you anyway, so what yeah. we're saying, we're going back to, is it they want to know too much mm-hmm. or is it. There, is it a
1: knowledge gap? Is it a, is it a mindset thing? Let's just uh, the mindset. We could really go deep on that, Shire, because. Yeah. If you've only now Shire. We were raised quite differently and, and we've gone into that a little bit But if we can go a little bit more into that Shira, when we met My parents had just bought a new home And Shira likes to say I thought you were the What you call me, Shira, when you first met me And I took you to my house
0: Oh, well, I felt that that was the biggest house That I had ever <laughs> gone into
1: Which it was I mean, it's not that big of a house It's just your average, you know, California home But Shira was calling me the Fresh Prince and I was just Basically,
0: like so, I, it was yeah.
1: And, and before that we did own our home. It was not nearly as big, but we we owned a home. So that's all I ever Your saw. My parents was, owned
0: was, a home. Yeah, my parents.
1: Growing up, that's all I saw was house or home and we owned it. Now, Shire, you, you, you lived in an apartment, which I love hanging out at Shire's apartment. That's a whole nother story. But Shire grew up in apartments. Right? So sometimes people grow up differently.
0: I mean, many times people they look at how they grow up and Naturally, will aspire for more, right? You want each generation to get better. So, mm-hmm. I grew up in an apartment, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't have the mentality that I'm gonna always live in an apartment, but because I lived in an apartment right. growing up. But some I can, people do.
1: Well, wrong with
0: it. yeah, because I think we can get comfortable. Yeah, in our um. In certain situations, like everyone rents, so I'm just gonna rent. I right. haven't thought outside of that.
1: Yeah. So that's why I had to say, too, like sometimes people are just used to what they're used to. And it's not even like, I don't wanna uh, own or I, I don't think I can own. It's just that I just like apartments. I like renting. You know what I mean? So that I don't could think be a large that we know too.
0: anyone like that, though. I think that in our circle, we have people that own their home and then we have friends and family who rent right while some may lack the motivation Mm. others the desire is there um
1: so then we transition to a income maybe perhaps issue or um the desire is there but the income isn't you know you think that you think that that's probably a, a big cause of this
0: Well, I think that it's multiple things. I don't think it's one or the other. And I think that now might actually be a really good time to take a look at what some folks said as they commented um, to us.
1: Yes, Sarah. So we asked this question, one being mindset, two being income, and three being uh, discrimination. And so let's start here. One person says all three. We got a lot of all threes. Yes. Uh, We got all three, all three. We have another lady who says a combination and add political influence. Um, She kind of did a deep dive in that one. I don't want to go to the political side, but this gentleman says it's more of two and three. So two being income, three being discriminatory. Uh, We had to deal with redlining, a discriminatory practice, and a lot of other situations.
0: uh, That others others didn't didn't have to deal deal with. with. Wow.
1: Uh, this lady says it's all three but I feel One and two play more of a role These days So she's saying three was the Discriminatory which probably played a bigger Factor during Jim Crow But nowadays that plays less of a Factor and it's more mindset and Income I tend to agree with that one Probably uh, someone says It begins with three Especially when one takes into account Redlining and racial uh, Covenants and other discriminatory Practices perpetuated by the government. Yes, I think that that's huge. Uh, let's see. All of the above. A lot of all of the above, Sure. Here,
0: someone <laughs> says, crazy, scroll up a little bit, thank you. Crazy as it may sound, um, I had black people in my own neighborhood thinking that I was renting my home when we first moved in. Now that's crazy.
1: Now that's mindset. That's yeah, mindset.
0: so it's like, blacks see other blacks, and then you assume... They're, that they're, rent, they're the
1: renters, right um, So, man, Shire, you know to, to kind of put a button on this whole thing But we can still dig deeper, of course You posed a good question when we were off camera You said What is this What, what are these conversations for? What do we hope to accomplish By even talking about this Or throwing out these statistics and stuff like that So I want to pose that question to you What do you hope people get from us having these conversations is it just to, to throw out some statistics and have them get you know be frustrated and go about their day
0: yeah I <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know I think that this year was really frustrating yeah. for for black people yeah. um, Man. with the politics aside the pandemic aside um, you know po- police brutality yeah. was really huge this year and we, we need a win. We need a win. So I think that as we're preparing to go into 2021, we need a win. Yeah. You need a win. And I think that we need to start thinking about what what a win is going to be. Mm. Individually. Right. Um, at the individual level. Um, I think that we need to think Ownership think ownership if you're renting it's okay you gotta do what you gotta do yes but as soon but make a plan for ownership make a plan for it and if you're one of the three million blacks who qualify for a home loan but haven't put in the application challenge yourself to take that step next year um so yeah the statistics you know I don't even think that we we didn't surprise anyone no you know by any, anything that we you know said we didn't surprise anyone. Yeah. Um, but let it motivate you as we go into the next year because we we, we need to win next year. Yeah. okay? Yeah. This year was hard for a lot of people and we need to win. So let's I shift let's shift our mindset. let's focus on our income. How can we increase it let's get it up you know a lot some of us lost some streams of income we had a stream that was hit this year but some other things came through for us so be thinking about um, think about the things that you can change I, we can't go back and change some of the awful terrible things that are in the past and kudos to folks who are working behind the scenes for black uh, communities and other communities of color, because there are people who are focused on yes. um, trying to reverse some of these uh, terrible things that, ha- that have happened. Um, but let's focus in on what is in our locus of control. Mm. What are the things that we can impact? What are the things that we can do differently? Because millennials, if you're in the age range 20 to 45, um, you, you there are you have time yes so time is on your side so that you can start making some changes that are that will impact the, the quality of your life and, mm-hmm. and those of your children and maybe those that are that will come after us. Yeah. Um, so I think um, I don't know. I just think that next year look for the win.
1: There you go. I like that Shire and I don't really have much to add to that that's that's very well said. And for those of you who are saying you guys give us great information, um, but we need some practical steps and some things that we can do. We have some treats coming for you really specifically on this topic. We're going to be you know, sitting with different real estate agents that can that will show you the, how to prepare yourself to become an owner. Right. Because you have to prepare yourself, like Shara said, um, those of you who are looking to get into the home ownership game we're gonna we gonna help you out we're gonna help you out right so So resources
0: are coming whether it's your first home whether you look whether you're looking to get a rental property let's own when i hear things about redlining that is so motivating to me Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm gonna buy up everything i can you know
1: i'm gonna buy it in the south (laughs) yeah you know know, um
0: (laughs) well get it where you can you know so i you know so so don't let it get you down um we're we're powerful we're strong we're resilient um and so, don't don't think too much into it, but look for your win because Absolutely. it's it's coming in next year.
1: Absolutely. So, with that said, we want to thank you for checking out this episode of the Black Married and Deaf Free podcast. Um, this is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira, and we're gonna holler at y'all on the next episode. Peace. Perfect. Perfect. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and don't forget to rate this podcast five stars on whatever platform you're streaming us. And if you want to become a supporter of the Black, Merit and Debt podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link below. That's it for now. Till next time. I'll let you guys later.